and closing theme is by Midnight Syndicate. For more dark instrumental music like it, visit www.midnightsyndicate.com or find them on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or Alexa. True crime stories are discussed in this podcast, which may contain graphic and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, we have shirts for sale now, so go on to our website at www.freshlybrewnoir.com and use code FBN2023 for $5 off your purchase. We currently are selling in the U.S. and working on international sales. Thanks you guys for your support. Welcome back to Freshly Brew Noir. I'm Summer. And I'm Jennifer. And this is episode 48, The Murder of Terry Neely. Now you may be familiar with this one already. I am not. Well, (laughs) I remember, I think it was back in like 2012, this interview went viral on World Star Hip Hop. Do you remember World Star? I do not. (laughs) Well, that was big back then. And I don't know if it's still big. Big like MTV? Um... Maybe it was where you got a lot of like current events and okay. like things that go viral and just a lot of craziness. Um, so that was like your generation's entertainment news. Yeah. Okay. So you see a lot of crazy things on there. And I remember seeing this interview with this woman. She was incarcerated and she was just very deadpan, straight to the point, uh, very cold, and just stating things that normal people don't really just state. And so I remember thinking back on it and I was like, oh, God, this lady seems a little unhinged, right? But I didn't realize like the backstory of what was happening. And so we're going to talk about this case. And because you found it very interesting. Yeah. And it's actually a pretty not popular, but it's it's a pretty well known case. But I hadn't heard about it. So I'm glad you're bringing it onto the podcast. Yeah, I forgot how it came up, but I was like, do you remember this interview? And you I did, not. did not recall it. So I was like, all right, well, maybe we should talk about it. Because you almost didn't cover it. You were like, this is too popular. It's well known. And we try and do things that are lesser known. But when you brought it up, I didn't know. You didn't know. And also, I mean, if there are other people who don't know, we'll tell you about it. But I do think it's an interesting case because of who she is. She became this phenomenon, Angela Simpson. But before we talk about her... Let's talk about the incident, because the incident itself is very graphic. Right off the bat, it's going to be bad. So Trigger warnings? Trigger warning, yes. So Terry Neely, he was born on October 21st, 1962. He was a 46-year-old man living at an assisted care facility in Phoenix, Arizona. And the workers there said that he was one of the friendliest and most social residents there. He was a paraplegic, but he got around well with the use of his motorized wheelchair. She hurts a disabled person. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. And she does not care. She has no guilt about it. So on August 2nd, 2009, around 8 p.m., through video surveillance, that was the last time anyone had seen Terry at the facility. So he goes missing. That day, he encountered Angela Simpson, a 33-year-old woman, who lived up the street from him. She stayed at this apartment complex, and she was a sex worker. They recently became acquainted, and she claims that he told her about an incident where 
he snitched on a fellow inmate in prison. So both of them, I think, had been in and out of jails, and they kind of, like, had that in common, so... So they bonded over that experience? Yeah, and they would talk about it, um, and they'd also do drugs together and things like that. So after learning that he was a snitch, she decided to lure him to her apartment uh, with the promise of sex and drugs. From the assisted living place? Yeah. Okay. That's why he left. He went to meet her. Once he was inside, she hit him with a tire iron, strapped him to a chair, pulled out his teeth. What? One by one. Yeah. Once he gets in there. Oh my gosh. She automatically. Just like, hello. And you get hit with a tire iron. Yeah. That was her intention the entire time. And then she straps him to. So he's in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. And so she's tying him up. Well, he's able to, he can walk a little bit, but I mean, for. He just needs assistance. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he mainly would get around through the wheelchair. Oh, and then she pulls out his teeth one by one? Yes. She used needle nose pliers to do this. She also stabbed him with a knife over 50 times and strangled him with a television cord. Now, while she's doing all of this stuff, she made him sit and watch this happen to him. She put a mirror up. Um, It was like a ceiling to floor mirror. Oh, floor to ceiling mirror? Floor to ceiling mirror, yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. It made him watch as he's getting tortured. Yes. She made him do that. That's so sadistic. And she did this for a period of three days. What? Yeah. So she wanted to make sure that he was alive for as long as she felt like. Something else she did, she hammered a three-inch rusty nail into his forehead and into his brain while he was, you know, on the verge of death. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And she will say in interviews, she's done so many interviews, she does say that she wishes that he would have stayed alive longer, so he could have been tortured longer. But then she also says that she got bored and, you know, when she was done, she was done. Well. I'll ask you questions in a minute. Okay. (laughs) I have so many questions right now. So after he was deceased, she dismembered his body and called her friend Edward McFarland, who is also named Cracker. And I showed you his picture. Oh, he has Cracker tattooed across his neck. Yeah. So if that doesn't tell you anything, (laughs) the status, (laughs) the caliber of character we have here. All this stuff, can we back up? All this stuff she did to this man in three days. Has she ever done anything like this before? I feel like somebody doesn't just live their life for, how old was she in her 20s? 33. Okay. You don't live for 33 years and then just start torturing somebody. That's premeditated torture, murder, dismembering. You just jump into that at 33? Yeah. Was there anything that happened before this? Well, she was in and out of jail. But that doesn't mean anything. That's not murder and torture and dismemberment. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, She claims that she has done this or she has killed other people before. Is there any proof? Whether she has, no. Whether she has actually tortured someone to this level before, I don't know. She never makes that claim. So she never says that. But she says that she would do it again if she could. But we'll talk about that later. (laughs) All right. So Cracker comes, right? 
And she tells him about what she did and that she needed his car to dispose of the body parts. So she loaded up his car and drove to Covenant of Grace Fellowship Church and then placed his body parts in a trash can and lit it on fire. On the morning of August 5th, 2009, so that was three days after he went missing. Did anybody notice the fire at the church? Yes. um, Residents alerted the Phoenix Fire Department about the dumpster fire in the parking lot of the church. And obviously the fire department came and they found something. They th- first they thought it was a prank, but when they put out the fire and they You're found not, oh they found the body parts yeah but the body was in such bad condition they could not determine what they were looking at really right okay right so authorities came and the body was unrecognizable the body wasn't able to be identified through dental records because remember oh is that his- why she pulled out his teeth. I think she did it for torture. For torture. Okay. She's very intelligent. I don't know if that's no. why she did it, but I think she did it for the torture. And then the fact that it'd be hard to identify him maybe was just a plus to her. Or right. maybe she didn't even know or didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like it just came with it, I guess. His fingers were badly burned um, because obviously the fire, um, but they were able to obtain partial prints and they were pieced together. So that was what led to the identification of his body. An autopsy report would show that he sustained multiple blunt force wounds to the head. His throat was slit. It was determined that the cuts on his body were in the early stages of healing, which meant that he was alive for some time while these other injuries were being inflicted on him. But his actual cause of death was the strangulation. So she says that once she got bored, that's when she strangled him. After word about this murder got out, locals were terrified because you see this on the news and the person has not been caught. But it's obviously so graphic, so brutal. Yeah, Um, somebody literally cut up a person, put them in a trash can and set it on fire. That's scary. And they don't know. And I think the nail was still like in his head when they found it. The brutality, the location where the body was found because it was in the back of a church. The police said they had never seen a crime like this before. It was horrific and put the community in a panic. Police questioned the residents around the neighborhood. And they did talk to the people at the church, too. And they thought maybe it was someone who was at the church. But they figured everyone was accounted for. And so it wasn't anyone that was linked to the church. Okay. So police were actually told to look into Angela Simpson. Who told them to do that? The landlord of the... Or the manager of the apartment complex. Oh, really? Why did the landlord have suspicions? Well, first he told police that he saw, like, smoke coming from her apartment. Yeah. And he went to that apartment to look at it. There was a trash can that was lit on fire in the middle of her apartment. Oh, that's odd. Right. And he didn't go to police immediately when he saw that. I think after... More stuff came out. More stuff came out. That's when... He was like, okay, let me <laughs> let me tell something. you about this incident in her apartment. Yeah, people don't usually light trash cans on fire in their apartment. Yeah. yeah. So automatically suspicious behavior. Why would you do something like that? It's just yeah. not normal. Right. Arson, too. It has no limits. Man, this is just unbelievable. Yeah. The crime and the brutality. That, That's a lot. That is a lot. And then when you see her behavior after this... I think that's what made this go viral. Yeah. 
Angela and Terry were seen doing drugs together on a few occasions, so I guess that also kind of linked them. Yeah. But earlier that same day, Angela Simpson and Edward McFarland had been arrested for committing armed robbery. Who's Edward? Is that Cracker? That's Cracker, yeah. Okay. Please so, refer to him by his no name. That is on his neck. <laughs> tattooed on he his neck. He clearly wants people to refer to him as that. It's a real thing. So, uh, um, a tattooed Jennifer across yours. And so, oh, we could do, wait, you could have noir tattoo across yours and mine could be freshly brewed. Oh, that's going to be a, a long one. That's a long one. Yeah. <laughs> Some I know. commitment. I need a thicker neck for that. <laughs> or it'll just have to be like one of those 360 views of my neck. <laughs> We'll get a panoramic shot. (laughs) Now, remember that they just committed this crime together recently. And then that same day, they're arrested for armed robbery. So they just don't care. They don't stop. They're, They're just always committing crimes. So like I said, the informant was the manager of the apartment complex. And he said that Edward, or Cracker, told him about what they did. And he was like bragging about it. That's always great. He doesn't seem very bright to me. No. Well, the tattoo should <laughs> should tell us that. I know, yeah. If there's any indication. We'll have to share that to our story because when we say it's across his whole neck, it's like in 72 size font Helvetica. <laughs> I know. <laughs> across that you got neck. Like that. You got that fancy font. Yeah, it's not small, not- little tiny writing. This is a shouting at you tattoo. It's not Times New Roman, that's for sure. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, from collarbone to chin. <laughs> I mean, it must I be the know. drugs. I don't know. And you have tattoos. They're great. But don't tattoo your neck with your cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a whole... That's a whole... He's not even, like, a big part of this. Oh, he is a big part of it. Well... <laughs> His neck tattoo is a large part of this, and you know it. <laughs> well... <laughs> Jennifer didn't foresee me bringing us back to this topic multiple times. I'm sorry, but I can't get over the neck tattoo. It's a little ridiculous. A little? You'll see. Oh, you will. But anyway, so he threatened him to not say anything about it, or they'll kill him too. The police? Cracker told the apartment complex manager oh. not to say anything. Because like I said, he was bragging to him about it. Is this the same one that knew about her lighting the trash can on fire? Yes. No, so it's too late. Anyway, he was already going to tell. Yeah, he was already. Okay. He's like, sure, yeah, I won't tell. Nine one one. Well, police went to Angel's apartment and they saw there was an abandoned motorized wheelchair on the grass. So they got a warrant, uh, they entered the apartment, and they found that the carpet had been torn up. They found a Wait, she leaves the wheelchair in the front lawn, but rips out the carpet. Okay. No, seriously. Think, she probably just didn't care. That she doesn't care, yeah. So I think she definitely didn't take the teeth out for them to not identify him. She just, she was torturing him. Yeah. She's just like, here, I'll get this wheelchair out of my way. Let's put it in the front yard while I clean out the bloody carpet. Well, I think she had said, like, it was a matter of time before I was caught anyway. So they found the chair, uh, a floor-length mirror, the nose pliers, bleach, and blood. Uh, Apparently there was a lot of blood. And DNA testing would show that it belonged to Terry Neely. So it was confirmed. When police interrogated her in jail, she confessed easily, and she laughed about it. She said that she enjoyed torturing him and that he deserved it. She claims that Terry was a snitch. And he told on, quote, a righteous person. Um, I don't know who that is. Um, Who's this righteous person? Who she's referring to. But I think the takeaway here is she hates snitches. 
Okay. When police told her that Edward or Cracker claimed that they both killed Terry, she insisted that he had nothing to do with it, except that she used his car. Wait, so Cracker's trying to say, oh, oh, I helped with that murder and dismemberment. He wanted more he wanted involvement? Some, he wanted some credit. I mean, as you can see, he's bragging about it. I think he... So he wanted crime clout? What is that? I think so, <laughs> if that's a thing. Like, no, it wasn't just her. I helped. He wanted some notoriety. I pulled those incisors out. No. (laughs) She took that away from him. She said, no, it was just me. And he just helped me to dispose of the body. Which is really scary that she just did all that. And in the interview, the interviewer is like, was dismembering a person hard? Like, was that difficult for you? And she's like, no, it was really easy. You should try it sometime. What? Don't like, yeah. Listen, I've seen you. Have you seen the new season? He dismembers somebody. It doesn't look easy. No, I haven't seen the new season. Okay, well, but I know that I would not imagine he's, that's he's an done easy that in a few thing. episodes or in a few seasons. Well, it does not appear easy. It does not look easy. Mm. And so, police were not able to find any evidence that he took part in the murder. So that was kind of just <laughs> please, please pin the murder on me too. What's yeah. wrong with him? Well, many things. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Now, she confirmed that on the night of August 2nd, she lured him out of his care facility with drugs and sex and knew he would come if she offered them for free. So she knew what she was doing and what the intention was. She said once she got him inside, she dropped her persona and made it clear that she hated him and that they were not friends. There are some articles, and I don't know if this is true, but there were some articles that said that he was her pimp, and I don't know if that's factual. Okay. She says they had known each other for a while, but she never liked him. And So she doesn't refer to him as being her pimp? No, she's okay. never referred to him as that. In addition to the torture, she did starve him. She didn't give him any toilet breaks. And then when she got bored, that's when she took the wire and strangled him. She said she did it because he told her multiple times that he was an informant for the CIA and that everyone he snitched on was serving time in prison because of him. And... Police were skeptical of this story. Um, They did look into her criminal history and her mental health history, and they found out that she was in and out of prison basically her whole life for crimes like aggravated assault and robbery. And she was also admitted to mental health facilities on and off starting from as early as 10 years old. So is this just a narrative she created to act like that's the reason why she murdered him? I think in her mind... This is like her moral code. Like she says she does not want her kids because she has kids to live in a world where there are snitches. But was he an informant? No. So did she make this up? And in her mind, did she make it up that he was a snitch? I guess there's no way to know, right? We can only go based off of what she says. So she could be lying or he could have been telling her that. I mean, he could have told her that he had snitched on someone before the fact that she has that in her brain, that he's a snitch, I don't think came from nowhere. I think he, he could have said something. Um, it doesn't make it okay, obviously. But I think in her mind, like, that's what validates it. So police investigated the claims of Terry being an informant for the CIA, and it was found to not be true. It's not confirmed if he actually did tell her those things or if it's something she fabricated. But if her whole reasoning for killing him was because he was a snitch, then like, her purpose for killing him was moot, basically. Like, if he wasn't a snitch, you killed him for no she, reason. She murdered him to murder him. Yeah. 
And she also says that there was a um, racial aspect to it. She says if he was black, she wouldn't have killed him. She says there's always a racial aspect to things. So in her mind, that was also that was something part of it that too. came into play. Yeah. She pled not guilty for some time, but on March 29th, 2012, she pled guilty to first degree murder, kidnapping and abandonment and concealing a human body. On April 2nd, 2012, she was sentenced to her natural life in prison plus 14 years. So, um, so Scientology life is 14, right? Exactly. Exactly. So just in case you come back, you get yeah, another 14 more years. 14 years. She admits that the verdict was not fair and justice would have been served if she had been given the death penalty. But she later says that she's relieved that she can live out the rest of her life and looks forward to spending time with her other um, incarcerated family members. Hmm. Since being convicted, Angela has done multiple interviews about the crime that we've talked about. If you're not familiar, the one with Mike Watkins, he did one for Arizona's 3TV, and it went viral back in, I think, 2012, which is the one that was on World Star. If you don't remember it, we'll play a clip for you. Police and uh, one of our colleagues talked to you once upon a time. Uh, you're very upfront. Very much. About talking about this killing. Right. You, you murdered this man. Yes. You tortured him. Of course. There is no ambiguity and there is nothing you want us... In court today, you said uh, you're not here to pretend to be remorseful. Of course not. Why would I do that? Are you remorseful? Not at all. Why? Why would I be? Well, I, why, why did this man deserve to die? You, you, you claimed he was a snitch. Well, what proof do you have of that? He told me he was a snitch. He told you. On many occasions. But that really doesn't matter. Why did you guys want to kill me? Phoenix wanted to kill me. What's the difference? Everybody has a reason to kill. My reason might not be good to you, but your reason wasn't good to me. So. Um, the incident, can you tell me anything about what happened during those three days while you were... What do you mean? I don't know. Uh, it's I took him to my house, walked him down the street. I don't know why the media acts like the motherfucker couldn't walk. He walked very well. Walked him upstairs, kicked his ass, and killed him. And, and again, you, the, your belief is that he was a snitch because he right. told you... Uh, you claimed that, uh, that other people had been killed in that same part. You had killed other people. Have you killed other no, people? No, I've never killed anyone else. So that was something, this talk. Right. Uh, how do you feel about spending the rest of your life in prison? You know, I got a lot of family in prison, and uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I got many sisters in prison. I can't wait to see them. It's really not that much of a punishment to be sentenced to spend my life with my family. And you, you don't want to talk about your, your past, but your lawyer said that, you know what, they, in, in sentencing you, the judge should bear in mind that you had a really, had a really right. tough life. I started being hospitalized at 10 years old. I have a mental history from 10 years old until yeah. present, so, yeah. When you say mental history, I mean... Do you care that anyone feels sorry for you? Do you want anybody? Feel sorry for me. Yeah. Should, should the people who are watching this say because she had a bad child? Of course not. she had as mental illness? Of course not, no. That we should feel some sympathy for no. you? No. You would not have that? I want no sympathy, no. What, then, then do you care what anybody thinks no. of Angela Simpson and what no. you have done? I don't. It's, a, again, your candor at... I've interviewed people who have committed murders before, and usually they sort of prevaricate or they this or that. You're about as direct as it gets. Right. 
Why is that? It's only fair. I expect you to be the same way. Okay. Uh, do you think that it was fair today? It was justice in that courtroom. No, I don't. Why? I should have gotten the death penalty. Do you, did you want the death penalty? No, no. I prefer to spend my life with my sisters. But, uh, yeah, I do believe that would have been justice. So you deserve death penalty, but you're glad that you got what you got. Right. Because you... Right. So that's just a short clip from the interview. It's... What was she talking about when she says Phoenix wanted to kill her? Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah. Like, because of the death penalty? Right. Okay. But she didn't get the death penalty. Okay. She definitely has a look that is a bit terrifying. Like, her eyes look like they're... They're glazed over. They're pretty dead. Yes. Very deadpan. It does feel like you're listening to a psychopath. Yeah. She seems like she has no remorse. I think she became, like, this phenomenon because, um, first of all, she is a woman who kills. Yeah. Which is already, you know... It's more unusual. Right. Absolutely. People compare her to Eileen Warnos, who was, like, an infamous female serial killer. Does it talk about her childhood? Because Eileen actually had a really rough childhood. She had sexual abuse. She was bullied heavily by foster homes, by her peers. She had a really rough childhood. Yeah. We'll talk about her childhood, but there's not a lot of information about her childhood. And she won't talk she about it. She doesn't go into it. She doesn't have any interest in that. Obviously, in the interview, she states that she doesn't have any remorse or guilt about what she did. What stands out to me, I feel like she has blatant narcissism, and she's got a psychopathic demeanor. We'll have to link to this video. Oh, definitely. Like I said, I think most people have seen it, but if you haven't... Most people have not seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, okay, well, we'll link to it if you're curious. But I do think she's got, like, this moral code which is personal to her, in her brain. She states multiple times that she's got this priority list um, ranking who deserves to be killed. Oh, really? Yes. It's a short list. Oh, okay. So number one are child molesters and predators. Well, eh. we can agree that they're awful and we wish they were not around. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can't be mad about not liking them. Right. Number two... Snitches or informants. And number three are cops. So, well, we don't agree. Yeah. Well, we don't agree with killing anybody, but uh, we would love it if child molesters would just disappear off the earth. Yes, that would be fantastic. And I wonder if she was molested. It does kind of seem like the hatred she has. Vendetta, yeah. You wonder. Specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if she had like... Something with cops. Like oh, I'm an sure she with had, cops. Um, yeah, some run-ins. And maybe the snitches. I don't know if... She sounds just, like she was just annoyed with that, I guess. Or maybe that caused her family members to be incarcerated. Maybe. And, um, or her even, huh? Maybe somebody snitched on her. Right. So we're obviously we're filling a lot of the blanks in with <laughs> assumptions, but it does seem like she's got some kind of vendetta out there. Because that usually comes from real-life experience. Yes. Now she has a history of mental illness. I don't know if maybe some things are fabricated in her mind. Um, yeah, that could we be just too. don't know. When she's asked where the murderers or killers are in the rankings, she says they're not. Um, she does not rank them. She says to consider what the victim did to warrant being killed. 
And it's worth noting that she says she wishes that she killed her other victim, who she kidnapped, but did not get a chance to because she left. She said she had to go somewhere. Wait, she kidnapped somebody and they escaped? Yeah. Who was this person? We don't know. They've never come forward? Not that I could find. I tried to look into it. I couldn't find any, like, We're like, Angela Simpson, that's the lady that kidnapped me, that I escaped from. You think they would be coming forward? Yeah. See, the case is not as well known as you think. So I wonder, I also wonder, remember, they committed an armed robbery. So I wonder if maybe she was referring to that crime. Um, That's not a kidnapping. It's not, but maybe she was just not telling the story right. Maybe. Like, in her head, that was holding somebody captive. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, it it could be holding somebody hostage, but... But if she actually says she kidnapped somebody in that person... Yeah, and she said she left because she had to go somewhere, but when she came back, they were gone, so they escaped. Okay. So she just alleges... We don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, I couldn't confirm but thank whoever, if you have escaped from Angela Simpson, email us at Freshly Brewed Noir. We want to hear your story. Oh my gosh. And if this is true, if someone did escape, could you only imagine like what she would do to somebody? Like oh, it's no. such a terrifying thought. So if that person really was kidnapped by Angela Simpson, they survived a sadistic killer. That's a good way to put it. She's known as being pretty sadistic. Three days of torture. No, that's off the scale, right. for sure. So like I said, let's backpedal to her childhood. There's not much information out there. She states that she did not have a good childhood, that she was abused. Um, the majority of her family was in prison, and she had struggled with mental illness almost all her life. She never had a job except for sex work. Um, so there are a lot of Eileen Warnos similarities. Mm-hmm. And when she was out of the mental hospital, she was on drugs. She didn't have any normal relationships, but she does have four kids who she doesn't talk about. They didn't live with her. However, it's clear that I think she's intelligent. I think she's manipulative in that way. And she knows how to make people uncomfortable and use that to her advantage. So part of me thinks she's very self-aware, right? Like, I think that because this interview got so viral, I think a lot of people base their opinions on this interview, but there are other ones. And some of them kind of seem like she's putting on a show or she's trying to be creepier than she really is. Like playing it up for the camera? I think so. Like, I think part of her wants this infamy or this notoriety um, and she wants to stay relevant. Um, I think she likes people like freaking out around her. I think she feeds off of that. There was a lockup jail interview that was filmed in 2010 with her and the deputies in the jail. And everyone involved, like the camera crew and like the law enforcement, seemed scared of her. They said they were scared of her. They were like, we try to do everything we can to accommodate her to make sure we're on her good side. Oh, really? So they're scared of her, too. Yeah. Wow. And I guess it's different like when we see someone on the screen as opposed to when you're in someone's presence and you can kind of feel like that they have like a malicious intention or I bet her energy is very intense. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't even understand how like people can interview her. Right. Like, and just be in her presence and not feel uncomfortable. I'm sure some of them do, but they're just professionals. They interview so many people. They probably know how to keep that inside Mm -hmm. and not 
not react. Yeah. I think it would be hard, but clearly people do it. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, what? Can we have some glass? (laughs) (laughs) And bars and um, some more backup, please. (laughs) Some more backup. (laughs) And there are parts in the interview. She's like staring out of the glass of her cell door and like trying to intimidate people. Just she's a a scary individual yeah and like i said i do think she's unhinged but i also think that she is self-aware and she kind of knows that she's playing this role up so i think she does exaggerate it so it's amplified but it's there this is her but she just has turned it up a notch just to play for the cameras and to keep oh yeah her name in the media okay if we watch the end of this world star video which we're going to do when we eat our wings and french fries, right? <laughs> yes. You'll see she breaks character. She's like, oh, it's going to be dope. Make it look good, right? Like, she she knows what she's doing. Okay. So okay. you'll see. I do think I mean, she's for, crazy. I right. think she's a psychopath. For what she did, she obviously, like, it's she's there. a scary person, right? But then she sounds like she does play it up. Mm-hmm. Something I didn't know was the producer of the BBC show Killing Eve based the main character on Angela Simpson. That's Villanelle. Villanelle. Okay, I was wondering if I was going to say that incorrectly. (laughs) She's an awful character. I mean, obviously, it's a good show, but if that's... They based it off of Angela Simpson? Yeah. Wow. Now, I've never seen the show, so do you think that... She's an assassin. She's a sadistic assassin, and she does... Yeah, she's fine with torture, whatever. Do you think she kind of embodies what we just talked about? That cold personality and that she... The only thing with Villanelle is she didn't really have any loyalty to anybody. Whereas Angela Simpson talks about like having her family around her in prison. And so there seems like there is some family connection there. Like she does care about that. Like the character on Killing Eve doesn't care about anybody or anything. Okay. She's a cold-blooded killer. Well, even with Angela saying that she'll be with her sisters or her family, I think is that I think just, it's just out of convenience. Like, well, I'm here. Okay. I might as well enjoy it, right? Like, I don't think it's like like a fond, yeah, like happy feeling for her. It's just like, oh, it's there. It's it works out. That's interesting. I didn't know that character was based on a real life murderer. Yeah, I didn't either. I was hmm. surprised to see that. Also, there's an acting challenge on TikTok. And, you know, TikTok, oh, the trends that happen on there. Like, I like TikTok, but then there are a lot of things on there that happen. They're like, why? Why do you do these things, right? <laughs> like, all these, like, challenges. Isn't That are the, ridiculous. Didn't the Tide Pod challenge happen on TikTok? Or Yeah. Don't quote me on that. But it, a it, lot it, of no, stupid does, things happen on TikTok. Yeah, I think that was discovered on TikTok, obviously. So there's a trend. It's an acting challenge. And I don't know. Have you ever seen those where, like, they play an audio clip and people will try to, like, embody the emotion that's yeah. being conveyed? We've done a couple of those. Well, they're not acting challenges, though. Like, Oh, they have to actually act out Angela Simpson? I don't know if they realize this is a real thing that happened. Somehow the audio went viral and people are like comparing, oh, this is how like actors would act out this audio and this is how people do it on TikTok. So it's just a strange challenge to have. And there's also a hashtag. The hashtag is called kicked his ass and killed him. Oh, that's terrible. Is this like currently trending on TikTok? 
I mean, it's recent. Really? I didn't realize that this came back. and That's terrible. Yeah. It's in bad taste just because this is a real crime that happened. Someone actually died. Yeah. And to make light of it and to, like, have it be a trend on, yeah, I don't understand on that. TikTok kind of seems, like, not cool. That's bad. Yeah. So don't do that. Don't do this challenge, please. But that's the story. I have never heard of this story, so I'm glad you shared it because I was not aware that this had ever happened. And that's a scary story for a woman, too, because you don't see a lot of women Mm -hmm. that do this level of brutality to a person. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I was watching the interviews again, and I was reading the comments, and... The comment section is always a very scary place to go, right? Because you just don't know what people are going to say. And there were comments like, oh, this person should narrate books because her voice is so soothing. Or like, she's just so, she's so smart and kind of like, I don't know, talking her up. And it was just so weird because it's like, this is a horrible person. Why are we? But but you know, there's followers for serial killers, even just. I mean, I know she's not a serial killer. She just murdered one person that we know of, but there's a fan base for these type of people, which I don't understand. You're right. There is a fan base for it. And maybe it's because she does have that notoriety. So just being connected with that people. Like being that phenomenon. Yeah. That, um... But still, there's plenty of people to narrate books. We don't need Angela Simpson narrating any books. No. She's an awful human. Yeah. It's also scary that there's that many people out there making those comments that are in favor of these killers. A lot of them aren't like in favor of her. They're just complimenting her, which is like strange. (laughs) That that is. Yeah. Yeah. She's a scary person. She's awful. Yeah. I hope to never encounter her. I actually don't even know if she's, she might still be serving time. She's not that old. So she's what life plus 14. So. Yeah, she might still currently just be serving her time. Yeah. Unless she's on her next life. Scientology years. I don't I don't think she's past this lifetime. No. <laughs> I think we're in the clear. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer doesn't normally commit crimes, so she'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think you'll meet up. <laughs> no, no. But I do think we, we have to revisit this tattoo situation. So freshly brewed for me and then noir for you. Yeah. Or I could be freshly brew, and then you could be duh, noir. Well. Jennifer's not going for it, but, you know. It's not. Maybe we'll have people vote for it. If you want us to get neck tattoos, let us know. I hope that is not a thing. You have to like and follow all of our (laughs) social media posts. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. And then we'll consider it. Good luck with that one. (laughs) Maybe we reach like 100 million followers you would get a neck tattoo yeah 100 million a a real one 100 million i'll do it oh 100 million does beyonce even have that many followers (laughs) it'll never happen if we get more followers than beyonce we'll do it (laughs) there we're in the clear (laughs) safe to say we'll never do it but i mean there's a chance <laughs> never say never. <laughs> so who do we have uh coming up next? Oh, we do know because we have all of our we have, we have our list for the rest of the year. I think mine is next, isn't it? Yes, yours is next because you're kind of got a back to back because we put Alani Lenore, we wanted to put her episode in and get it out as soon as possible. 
Yeah. She is a missing Atlanta woman. So if you have not heard episode 47, please listen to it. Especially if you're in Atlanta, we really want her name shared. Yeah. We're booked for the rest of the year. We may have a collab in the works. We won't say too much about it until things happen. But oh, yeah, that's exciting. We're very excited about this collab. And we'll tell you more about it once things are finalized. Go onto our website, Freshly Brewed Noir, because we have shirts for sale. Oh, my God. Our merch is – how long have we been talking about this? I know. It's for... finally here for a year. I think we started talking about last year. But we finally have it up, and shirt sales have been happening. So order yours now. Thank you for everyone who's already purchased shirts. We appreciate your support. Yes, thank you. Those are awesome. And we were supposed to shout some people out too. Dan S. is one of our followers and he's always just supporting everything we do. Also, RG. She's a huge listener. We love RG. Um, Kristen, she's my friend from California. And she's actually given us an idea for um, a future episode. It's coming up in like four episodes, Kristen. And then Andy, your friend, he's a big supporter. Thanks, Andy. Yes. And then... And um, Doug. And Doug. He's actually gotten us more listeners. Mm -hmm. Homeboy Fishing. We met him in an Atlanta airport and just became quick friends with him. And he listens to our episodes and shares with his friends. And so he's definitely helped us pick up some new listeners. We love Homeboy Fishing. He actually has an Instagram if you want to go check him out. He fishes... A lot, obviously, homeboy fishing. Yeah, uh, we're looking forward to our shirts. <laughs> I know. We ordered his shirts, yes. And Lita, thank you so much. Lita has listened to, I think, many of our episodes, and she shared a bunch of our episodes with other people. Also, Tyler, who is my son, and who has listened to every single episode, oh, even Tyler. though <laughs> even though he's not really into like the crazy true crime stuff that we cover... We just appreciate everyone who supported us. If you want a shout out, let us know. We love all of you guys. We appreciate you so much. Just want to say that. We want to express that. Um, Absolutely. Probably don't do it enough. (laughs) Well, but listen, if you want us to give you a shout out, just email us or message us on Instagram. So those are the two. We check our Gmail and then we also check our Instagram messages. Unless you're sending us inappropriate pictures, then you're blocked. But I seriously doubt any of our listeners are actually doing that. (laughs) Yeah, our, our listeners are pretty wholesome. You they're guys, pretty, they're pretty you guys are great. They're yes. solid. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess until next time. Stay caffeinated. Get hobbies. And don't murder people. Bye. You're not going to say bye. 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 <laughs>